go back to mum. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we reflect on what it means for you to lead us and inspire us, that your Holy Spirit touches our hearts and minds, that you open up our hearts to who we are and what's going on. Loving Father, we thank you for the wonderful gift, the wonderful gift of church, which is only possible through the power of your Holy Spirit. Continue to encourage us to meet together, to listen to your word and to help each other in this journey of faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. From John chapter 15, verse 26 to 27, we heard, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. Today we're focusing on Pentecost Sunday, which is often termed the, the birth of the church. And some, I'll say some theological technical people say, no, well, the birth of the church actually began well before that. But for us, it's clear where Christianity became that a great gathering together that focused on Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And there are a group of people who are led by the Holy Spirit. So it got me thinking, I was thinking, what's leading me and what's leading you? Do you feel like this woman sometime being led by something? We had pastor's conference just recently and one of the pastors says, I feel like I'm back in medieval times. My arm, One arm's been stretched over here, one's being here, one's being there, one's something else has been pulled here and my head's just about falling off. And I encourage you to think about what leads you, what, what are the things that are um, taking up your time, that are directing where you spend energy, money, and it could be someone, it could be a thought though, it could be a process. But the question is, how much is the Holy Spirit leading you? How much is the Holy Spirit leading you? Some further things to ponder before we go deeper into looking at, um, we're going to touch on our three texts, we're not going to have an exploratory um, sermon, we're just going to look at some issues about what it means to be spirit-inspired and spirit-led. But some things to ponder is, where is God's spirit leading you as an individual and as a church, us as a church? Where do you believe God's spirit is leading you as an individual and us as a church? And I encourage you to keep thinking about that for the rest of your life. And the second question for you to ponder and think about is, what does it mean for God's spirit to be bringing life to the situations you face? What does it mean for God's spirit to be bringing life to the situations you face? As we explore um, our text for today, we see that the spirit inspires us and the spirit leads us. Um, And there's a a lot of commentary about people being inspired but not moving. And sometimes in the church we do a lot of thinking and we do a lot of talking and we might feel good but our what God the spirit does to inspire us is also then to lead us is to lead us further and we're going to explore some areas where the spirit is leading us and the first one is the spirit is leading us to complete truth from verse 13 from John 16 we heard but when he the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all the truth he will not speak on his own He'll speak only what he hears and he'll tell you what is yet to come. 
when you engage with Scripture, and that could be engaging with Scripture through reading the Bible, through a Bible study, but when you, through, through worship, through meeting with other Christians, when you engage with Scripture, what truths about God and life are you hearing? The world has many supposed truths that they tell us. Depending on what circles you mix in, will depend often what truth you hear. Truths about God and truths about us. And we heard um, in this reading that the Spirit, one of the roles of the Spirit is to show that the world's not on track. It's not on track to what it believes about sin, about righteousness and about judgment. When we open Scripture when we engage with scripture, when we spend time listening to God's spirit through the word and checking our thoughts through the word, we get to hear the truth about God. We get to hear who God is, but we also get to see here how God sees us. And so my encouragement for you is that every time you're engaging with scripture, and that could be directly by reading the word, it could be by listening to somebody, preach. It could be by worshipping. It could be by meeting other Christians and talking things over. Because if you think about the, the original, the way the church continues, the church continues by God giving us individually his spirit, giving us his spirit, so that not only can we have faith, but we also be his witnesses. The second thing that is spirit-inspired and spirit leads us to is to a deeper relationship with God. The Holy Spirit will lead us to a deeper and deeper relationship with God. Yesterday I spent some time with our bishop and he was talking about it. He says, oh, it's amazing when people realise they have the Holy Spirit, how their life takes off, right? How their life is more focused around and have a clearer purpose that they're here to receive God's love and to share God's love. In John chapter 16, verses 14 to 15, we heard, He will glorify, and the He is the the Spirit or the Advocate, will glorify me because it is from me that He will receive what he, He will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what He will make known to you. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to help you grow deeper and deeper with God. Now, there's some practices that you can do to enhance the way you relate to the Holy Spirit, the way you hear the Holy Spirit. It's not saying that what you do is going to create what the Holy Spirit does, but what it is saying, it's going to be, you're going to be more open. And one of those is to create space and time to reflect on what God's saying, to listen to what God's saying, to not be distracted by phones. Like I went to a conference, um, a, tr- a retreat conference once, and the first thing they did, which was a, they took my phone because we need to listen more clearly to God. I said, but my Bible's on the phone. And they said, well, here's a hard copy of the Bible because if you look in your phone, you get distracted by all the other things, the messages. You kind of, you oh, I better just check this. I better look at this. Oh, what day, thing is coming up? Now, some people don't get distracted by phones. They get distracted by the thoughts in their minds. They're worried about, is church going to finish at at 12.30 because I've got to go, I've got to go somewhere. I encourage you, and this is why we say church doesn't finish to um, to 12 o'clock. And we encourage you to stay to 12.30, 
to have that fellowship because it's creating space where the Holy Spirit can be at work, where you're open to listening, but also you're creating space so the Holy Spirit can work more clearly through you with others because you'll have time with others. Someone once said to me that people who are too busy and too worried about time are often too focused on themselves. And I think that's a a good reminder because I reflect on that for myself when I'm busy when I've got things, I get short, I get very fo- more focused on myself and what I have to do. So what the Spirit does is the Spirit can lead us into a deeper relationship with God of who God is, how much he loves us, what, what's going on, and also we get a clearer picture, we get to know God more clearly. The third thing the Spirit inspires and leads us to is that we become secure in our relationship with God that we become secure in our relationship with God. From Acts chapter 2, and this is from verse 17, and then we jump to verse 21, the last few verses, that last section, which is actually a quote from the Old Testament. We heard in the last days God said, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. And then it jumps down, because it gives us some things that it will happen. Then it jumps down and says this at the end, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved doesn't say might be saved. doesn't say there's a possibility from being saved, but will be saved. And how can we have security in that? And this is what the Spirit continually points us to. So the role of the Spirit is not to kind of um, gain notoriety for himself, but the role of the Holy Spirit is to point people to Jesus for salvation. And so we can have security security in the salvation because it's not about is our faith strong enough it's not about are we good enough or do we do everything right or have we done enough to pay for our sins that's not how we obtain salvation why we can be secure is because of what Jesus has done and that's what the spirit has does the spirit continually reminds us of that as we said in the explanation to the creed, the Spirit keeps on leading me to the forgiveness of sins. The Spirit keeps on leading me to the church to receive God's love. The Spirit keeps on leading me so I can have faith. So being Spirit-inspired and Spirit-led it leads us to being secure in our relationship with God. And the longer I'm a Christian, the more I dive into faith, the more I have that security, I sense that security. Now, I come across some Christians from time to time who I say, oh, do you think you're going to be in heaven? And their comments will be like, oh, I hope so. I'm, I could be. Right? And often it went in a deeper discussion with them. It's based on, well, I'm not quite sure if I'm good, good enough. You know, I don't live up to this standard or I don't do that. And, you know, and people criticise me. But when we engage with God's word, it says something different. It says we will be saved because of Jesus. The next thing the Spirit inspires and the Spirit leads us to is being witnesses of God. And when we talk about being witnesses of God, we be witness of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. The breadth of God, who God is. From John chapter 15, verses 26 to 27, we heard, When the Advocate comes whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. 
And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. Now, as I've mentioned last week and a couple of weeks ago, we're not called to testify about what, be witnesses or testify about what we don't know. We are called to be witnesses about what we do know. So what I encourage you to think about, and what I encouraged last week and I encourage again this week, is write down what you do know about God, what you do know about Jesus. What's important for you? From your relationship with God so far, what do you know? And I can tell you, if you're on a journey of faith, you, that will continue to grow. You'll continue to pick up little bits and pieces as you continue to engage with the Scriptures. And then think about, how can I share that? How can I share that with people? Think about what does it mean for the people in my life? What might be important for the people in my life about what I know about Jesus? And I'm not saying tomorrow, go to work and go, right, this is all the stuff I know about Jesus and lay it all out. One of my first sermons that I preached, I had a good, friendly mentor and he said, I said to him afterwards, how did I go preaching? And he went, not too bad, but there's one thing you need to remember. You don't have to tell us the whole Bible in one sermon. <laughs> right? And likewise, you don't have to tell people about everything about Jesus in, that you know in once. But there'll be opportunities to do, to do that. And that'll be the Holy Spirit at work in you. God wants to continue his mission on this world for all people to know that they are loved by him. And his plan is through his church. The only plan he has is through us, people like me and you. Where on the surface we don't appear up to standard or have the credentials to do so, but because we have been loved by God, because we have been baptised, because God is at work in us through the word, through a relationship with us, we can. We have the ability to share this good news with others. So being spirit-inspired and spirit-led leads us to being witnesses of God. But now we come to a point where some people avoid. And this is the truth that we have to know. Jesus highlighted the truth to his disciples in that um, chapter 15, end of chapter 15, early chapter 16. And we see this with the early church, that the Spirit will lead us. The Spirit will inspire us, but will also lead us to difficulty, difficult and challenging situations. In our Old Testament reading from Ezekiel, we heard the following. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? Most people that I come across would love this to say something like this. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out, of the, out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a beautiful garden. It was full of life and water. But that's not what God does. And this is not just a one-off. If we go to the start of Jesus' ministry, Jesus is starting his ministry 
And look what happens in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. If we look at today's gospel reading, we hear Jesus warning his disciples that you're going to be thrown out and even punished whilst you wait for the Holy Spirit and when the Holy Spirit comes. A question for us is why? And some of us go, oh, is God trying to punish us? Is God trying to um, refine us? You know, sometimes people will go down this path. Some Christians are, oh, it's good for you to go through um, difficulties and suffering because God's refining you and he's making you a better person. And yes, he can create something better out of good. But there's something more going on when God leads us to difficult and challenging situations. Remember Psalm 23. When we, whenever you're faced with any challenging or difficult situation, keep in mind Psalm 23. Hold on to that tightly. The Lord, my shepherd. And it says, even though I go through the darkest valleys, he is with me. His rod and his staff protect me. Consider why God may be leading you there. Part of my story, part of the reason I've ended up being a pastor is that through prayer, through consultation with people, through Bible study, um, I was convicted to be part of a church, to lead a church in a turnaround situation, to lead, and when I say church, and, and I was in a Lutheran church and it wasn't always healthy. Things weren't always great. We didn't always, and there weren't, the congregation I was in didn't always have easy life. And as I looked around the Lutheran church, I saw friends leaving and going elsewhere. But this is one of the areas where I believe God was leading me, leading me to difficult and challenging situations, not to punish me, not to make things difficult, but to be involved in something. And that being involved in something is that when the Spirit leads us, leads us to difficult and challenging situations, he's calling us to be involved, to be involved in seeing life and being part of life. Because if you remember the Ezekiel reading, remember what happened? And this is just a part of it. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied and as I commanded me, as he commanded me and breath entered them, they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. If you're facing a difficult situation, if you feel that you've been led to a difficult situation, if you're encountering a difficult or challenging situation where things don't appear good, where there doesn't appear much life, maybe God's called you there for two reasons. And I would say he probably has called you there for two reasons. One, that you can see him at work doing something that nobody else could do. And secondly... He's inviting you to be part of that life-giving work, to renew his church, to renew people's lives, to give people hope, to bring peace to those who are going through difficulties. So a question for you to contemplate 
is how is God working through you to bring life to the situations you are living in? How is God working through you? What is God calling you to do to bring life so he can bring life to the situations you're in? The Bible is full of this sort of paradigm. Things look bad. Things look terrible. The disciples are all gathered in one place. They're celebrating a Jewish festival. Some of them had been following Jesus. They're probably made fun of by their friends because the one they followed is no longer around. But it's God's spirit that brings them together, that gives them life, that gives them future, that gives them a purpose and gives them a focus. So I encourage you to think about that when you're facing those difficult situations. Think about what life are you starting to see. But also think about how might God be calling you, you to be part of bringing bringing life to people. Life of God's love, life of God's hope, life of God's mercy, life of God's peace. To give people hope where the world can't offer hope. To help people have peace among the conflict and the difficulties they face. To help the unloved know that they are truly loved by God. You see, the Spirit leads us. The Spirit inspires us and then the Spirit leads us. Leads us to life. Life that we will have. But also life that others can have as well. So what does this mean for us as we live the faith? What does this mean for us as we go about our lives as Christians, relying on the Holy Spirit? Well, probably the most important thing for us is to be receptive. And to be receptive, we should prioritise listening to, being inspired by and being led by God's Spirit. Now, To me, there's that, we need to have time, we need to have focus, We need to allow God to inspire us beyond what we can think is possible. And we need to be led by God's Spirit. Now one of the areas I do some work in is just looking at how do churches grow, how do congregations grow, and a story that pops up from time to time over and over again is most of the larger churches, the larger communities of faith, started with a small number of people small number of people who believe that God could be at work in them and through them to reach their community with his love. And one of the things you notice is they listened to God and they responded to God and they allowed time for that response. And so this includes for each of us is to have daily Bible engagement, daily prayer, daily worship weekly worship, and a commitment to gathering together as God's community. Not just coming to church to sit in a pew, to listen to a sermon, to worship, then go home, but to actually gather together as God's community. Yes, worship's part of that, but to actually continue to be God's community, to encourage each other, to touch base, to want to get to know each other, to invite each other for a coffee so you can talk about what's possible, to have meals with each other. And to do that regularly. You know, we, we talk about weekly worship for a reason, that 
that's regularly. And yesterday I was met with somebody else. In, I was with a bishop for a meeting and was with somebody else at the meeting and they were talking to me about a small group they lead. And they said, we've got a couple of people in the small group who don't believe that weekly that worship's important, that Christian worship's important. She said, but what you notice is their understanding of God's love for themselves and their understanding of God's love for others diminishes because they're not, and one of the factors is they're not worshipping weekly. Whilst they have a faith in Jesus, what they're reflecting is more of the world than God. And so prioritise listening to, being inspired by and being led by God's Spirit also means taking time to reflect on who is God calling me to be and what is God calling me to do in the situations we're right in now. And they could be good, but they could be difficult. I get um, really inspired by some of the missionaries, some of the people who do things that I don't think I would ever do. Some of the people who go to difficult places, go to difficult situations, or even re-enter difficult situations because they believe that God wants them there to help people who don't know God's love and grace to receive it. Or in the case of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he had a nice, in the World War too, he had a nice safe place back in America lecturing in a seminary. And he said, no, I'm called to go back to Germany to make sure the church keeps the gospel. And he ended up losing his life for that. I encourage you to reflect on who is God calling me to be and what is God calling you to do because of the gospel. And then lastly, put into action where God is leading you. Don't die thinking, oh, it would have been good if I'd done this. I had this thought to do this as part of the church. When I say the church, not the institution or not the building, but as part of God's community. If God has placed something on your heart, if you believe something keeps niggling you in your mind, follow it up with some action. Test it out if that is really what God is calling you to do and who God is calling you to be. You see, when God's spirit inspires, it is life-changing. And when we act according to this inspiration, we not only experience God's life-changing work, we help others see and experience it. Being part of God's church is means we're involved. We're involved in everything. We're involved in receiving it because we need help. Without God, we can't do what God calls us to do. But we also have the privilege of being involved, being on the front line. We don't just sit back and receive, we actually get involved. And so as we live, recognising that Pentecost Sunday is one of these days in the church where we celebrate that God is still at work in the world, God is still at work in our lives, God is still at work in the church, may you be empowered by the Holy Spirit. May you recognise that the Holy Spirit is constantly wanting to speak to you, constantly wanting to help you. And it's not just the Holy Spirit wanting to say, do this, but it's the Holy Spirit also wanting to say, God loves you, God is with you, God has given you gifts and blessings.
May you live with the knowledge that the Spirit is with you. Go in God's peace and go with his love. Amen.